What's up, everybody? Back again. Got some updates before we get into the episode. One is I'm officially the brand manager for World Industries. Kind of crazy. This is kind of my first time really announcing it. I threw it up on LinkedIn, but this is like my first time really saying it out loud. It's pretty trippy, man. I mean, the brand's 28 years old. I'm 33, so the brand's almost been around as long as I have have which is trippy i don't know being a little kid man i was always such a fan of world and the impact it's had on skating and honestly all the dudes i looked up to the older dudes they they had this like special spot in their heart for world too and uh i don't know it's a trip that the brands made it this far and i'm excited that i get to be involved with the future of it which is a trip to me and honestly i think it's because of you guys because the podcast and um, just, I don't know, this podcast has been awesome, and it's helped me grow as a person, and helped me learn a lot of stuff, so I, I thank you guys for this opportunity as well, um, they told me I could build a skateboard team, which is pretty epic, our main focus for World is going to be footwear and apparel, we may do stuff with some limited edition decks later on, but that's not our main focus right now, it's just footwear and apparel, they said I could hook up a team, I got Three dudes that shred and have style and are just incredible at skateboarding that I really want to hook up. I can't really announce it at the moment, but I'm really excited to. So as soon as I can, I'll start blasting it out there and telling you guys what's up for sure. Uh, also, they gave me another pro shoe. It's the Shetler Reflex, my second pro model shoe. Which is a trip, man. Like as a kid and growing up and skating. And I've just been in love with skating since the second I saw it. And like I always dreamt of having a pro shoe. And then it happened and it was insane. And now to have a second one. Like I look at dudes like Steve Cab and Josh Kalis and just Costin. And dudes that just have had shoe after shoe after shoe. And that's amazing. And it's cool to think that I'm on my second shoe. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing, man. Uh, my homie Colin at World, he's the footwear designer, the skate footwear designer. He designed my first pro model shoe, which was awesome. And now he's designed the second one, the Shetler Reflex. And I sat down with him, told him what I was looking for, and he put his little twist on it. And he came up with exactly what I was looking for. It's durable. It's going to last. It's got comfort. It's got technology. The colors are on point. The design looks fresh. And, uh... I don't know. He just nailed it. It's a it's a fucking epic skate shoe, which is needed right now in skateboarding. Cause I feel like that that's not there's not many of them to be honest. So if you want to check out the shoe, you can go to Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram and go to at World Industries on any of those social media platforms. And I believe there was a photo posted of my shoe today, so you can check it out. Give me some feedback. The cool thing is it's going to be available online and to select skate shops. I'm not exactly sure on the date it's dropping, but I'll let you know. And we're going to do a size run of 8 to 11 and a half, so all the sizes in between. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm just excited to share this stuff with you. I'm excited to get in, get my hands in, and just start creating and doing cool stuff with World. So, All right, next up, we got, oh yeah, the New England Am. This is awesome. This is another thing that's tripping me out. Uh, I don't know. In my area, in this like New England area, I saw that we needed a big event. I was going around with my skateboard brand, All I Need, and visiting all these shops. And we have the Edge Indoor Skate Park, 
right near my house, and I'd, I'd go there in the winters, and just all these killers, all these shredders are there, and I'm like, holy shit, there's so many talented skateboarders in my area, and, like, we don't have a big event. My first step was, like, started reaching out to, like, people that did contests at the park before, and being like, look, like, skateboarding's growing here, like, people are passionate, and for whatever reason, it's just, like, catching fire in this area and we need an event and like I reached out to all these brands that had done it in the past at the edge and none of them were really interested I don't know Uh, maybe it was a numbers decision I don't really know I don't even really give a fuck but so that's how the New England AM started no I couldn't get anyone to create the event so in true skateboarding fashion I was like let's just do it got the homies I said I don't know what I'm doing you don't know what we're doing but we have a vision let's execute it and then we'll get better at it the more we do it so that was year one, which was fucking amazing. Year two was even better. And this year is going to be crazy. The third annual New England Am at the Edge Indoor Skate Park. We're working on getting multiple cameras, live streams. It's going to be November 5th and 6th. And, yeah, please, if you can make it, come on out. If you see anything about the New England Am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, please share it. Spread the word. We just want this to grow. There's, like endless amount of talented skateboarders and just epic people that love skating that come together and like it's gonna be wild it it makes me shake i'm gonna be honest with you i get a little nervous thinking about it in a good way so yeah that's coming up and i also wanted to let you guys know some updates with all i need skateboards we recently just picked up distribution with eastern skate supply so if any of you guys out there listening work at a skate shop or own a shop and you guys would like to support ain you can go to Eastern Skate Supply and cop some boards in April. Simple and easy. Also, the online store is completely updated with the full AIN Spring 16 apparel line. I wanted to do something epic for you guys because I've just been thinking about how awesome this podcast has been. Like for my personal growth and for the growth in my skateboarding community and I don't know. I really appreciate these conversations and I appreciate all the feedback and When you guys share the podcast or leave any feedback, it's just, it's been amazing. So I created a discount code. If you go to allineedskate.com, you can check out all the apparel there. And if you decide to cop something, when you are checking out, there'll be a box for a discount code. You just type in TSS, which is short for the Shetler Show, and you will get free shipping. This is only available to people within, within the United States at the moment. I'm working on trying to expand that, but right now... You guys can get free shipping on all orders of apparel. So thank you guys. Today's guest is my friend Patrick O'Dell. I'm excited to introduce you guys. If you've opened up a Thrasher magazine in the last 12 years, you've definitely seen his photography. And if you haven't already, please check out his video series on Vice.com. It's called Epically Latered, and it is amazing. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Peace, guys. I just love the skating and the scene. Rain, rain, go away. All I need is a skateboard today. Or today. Or today. This is the Shetler Show featuring professional skateboarder, podcaster, and all I need skate founder, Anthony Shetler. 
So everyone was, it was hot. Everyone was doing it. Yeah, they're looking for their dad's fucking metal skateboards in the garage. Yeah, exactly. Like, get on this thing. <laughs> Each episode brings you amazing discussions with interesting people from all walks of life. Kind of when skateboarding clicked for me and you learn some tricks or whatever and you get that appreciation from your peers, you know? The other skaters are like, holy shit, like, yeah, dude, that's rad. Admiration. Yeah, yeah the admiration or the, the affirmation. Real, recognized real. If I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been. Honestly, like for me, I just loved it. Like I saw those dudes, I saw those videos, and I was like, holy fuck, this is sick. Yeah. This is what I want to do. Find that, so I just tagged Epically Loaded. Okay. Just whatever, doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm gonna put this up on iTunes so people can listen when they, when I put it up tonight. What? Yeah, how does it work on iTunes? Oh, um, I just upload it um to like a host site and then it goes right to iTunes and it's free and people can download and listen to the podcast. Like they can listen to 20 minutes and come back to it whenever they want. It'll save their spot, just like episodes, you know, like a like Netflix. That's a lot of pressure. I hope I can be interesting. I don't know if I can. Oh, dude, I you got enough to be interested. Like, look at look at my notes. I wrote a whole bunch of notes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I'm actually I wanted to ask you. I want to start off like this. Is it weird being on the other side of an interview? Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> it's funny because I spend so much time convincing people it'll be chill. Yeah. Like they'll be like, I suck at interviews. I'm like, nah, it's easy. It's gonna be super easy. <laughs> And I'm lying because it's actually a pain in the ass, but, um, or not a pain in the ass, but like, I can't, like, I'm lying because I couldn't do it, you know? Yeah, I'm super nervous every time. Like, no, no, no matter how well I know someone, I'm always nervous when I'm going to interview someone or just have a conversation in general. I don't mind interviewing other people. I don't get nervous. It's just when it's back at me, then. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> when I interview, when I interview on my show, like, I don't mic myself. Or there's no, uh, like, I'm not in it. Oh, yeah. I even have the editors cut out my questions if they appear at all. Wow. I know. My voice pops up, I'm like, get it out of there. <laughs> Why is that? you just not into yourself at all. I don't know. Maybe I'm, like, too, in the, maybe I'm like too narcissistic to want to appear. <laughs> like, I overthink it instead of just relaxing and going with the flow. I'm, like, overthinking it. Yeah, I can relate to that, man. The only time I'm, like, comfortable is, like, if I've done a few inter inter interviews in a row and then I kind of, like, get comfortable. But other than that, it's, like... On the same day? Yeah, like, if I do a few, I get comfortable. I'm the opposite. I've done days where I do four in a row, four different interviews in a day, and by the fourth one, I forget what's going on. <laughs> yeah, that seems a little hectic. I've never done four, I don't think. <laughs> For my show, I think there was one time where I did like eight in one day. It was something ridiculous. Holy shit. Are you – we're going to get into the show. I actually want to start at the beginning because there's a lot to cover here, and I know you're you're pressed for time. You got a dinner date with the lady, which is awesome. I'm not mad at it. Um, yeah, I've been out of town for a month and a half. So, And then when I got in last night, it was like really late at night, like one in the morning. And I, so I haven't even seen my wife in like a month and a half. Yeah. I mean, I have, but – Anyway, so we had plans where she gets off work to go out. Yeah, you got to punch in the lady clock time for sure. I know that one. Yeah. That's good, though. Um, all right, well, let's start. How did you get your first board? Um, 
you gotta think way back to the beginning. The <laughs> yeah, the board was a vision. The model was called Vision Punk Skull. What? And I it was there was two gull wings, and the gull wings were two different colors. On purpose? No, I don't know. It was just like all they had or something. <laughs> and then um, the wheels were OJ Two Team Riders. OJ, but not like the same brand that's around today. Yeah. I didn't know they were around that long. They're made by Santa Cruz, I think. Yeah, I did. I just didn't. I guess they weren't on my radar for a long time. Yeah, this was probably in '89 or '90. '89, the OJ2 Team Ride. I had before that like Toys R Us boards. I had like Verflex and Nash <laughs> boards. Like I got one after seeing Back to the Future. I got like a Verflex from the from like Toys R Us. Did it just pancake out like after learning a trick? I never really learned any tricks on them because I didn't know about um, skating, like pros and stuff. So I just like rode them around. <laughs> it wasn't until I got the the vision board. I think I met some real skaters, and then I realized my board wasn't cutting it. So I went and got um, I went and got the vision board because it was a little more legit. That's sick. What turned you on to skating? You said Back to the Future. Well, Back to the Future. I after Back to the Future, I got. Um, the Nash and or Vision, it was either Verflex or Nash. I had one of each. After Back to the Future, and I tried to like hitch on the back of a mailman's truck, like they do in the movie. But I was holding perfectly in the middle of the back of the truck. So when it stopped, I like face planted into the um, mailman. Yes. I didn't realize you're supposed to kind of hold on the side, so if they stop, you're all good. I didn't think it through. Yeah, I wouldn't either. So I smashed into the back of the mail truck trying to be like Michael J. Fox. <laughs> you didn't impress anyone that day. No, it was like trying to play it cool, but I mean, I was in like, what grade would I have been in? I don't know, maybe fourth grade or something. Damn, you started young, dude. What? How old are you in fourth grade? That's got to be, I'm so bad with that. No, it would have been younger. Wait. Because at the time, I'm trying to even think of where I lived at the time. Are you originally from Columbus? No, at the time I lived in Louisville, Kentucky. Oh, where the skate park, well, the skate park wasn't there then, but... Yeah, but I lived in Louisville and when I saw Back to the Future. <laughs> That's sick. Are you from, is it, I feel like we went on a trip with Fibro and we stopped at your house. Was that Columbus? No. I don't remember. So that's Columbus, Ohio, probably, but I don't think I went there with Fiberro. You you skate? I skated your like little park, it was the concrete park, and you crushed it that day. You had like a little hubba, and you did like the most epic shit. <laughs> There's footage out there. I remember. Oh yeah, it was this epic hubba we called it in um, Columbus, and it was like two inches high, and then it ended up like five, like four feet high or five feet high. Like, so you ollie on like super little. You have to do like the littlest ollie and then you end up really high up in the air. It's just the shittiest tubba. Yeah, it was like the most dangerous thing at the park for sure. It was like you could get on really easy, but if you fucked up, you're going down like really hard. Um, <laughs> Worthington, Ohio. There you go. <laughs> Sick. I had to have been a fibro trip because I don't know why else I would have been out that way. And I feel like Steve R like, 
sent us out to the Midwest region, so mm-hmm. makes sense. And um, <laughs> how do you how do you transition from like? Did you actually before we get to there? Did you ever try to be sponsored? I'm sure I wanted to be. I like daydreamed about it. Sick. You know, daydreamed that I was gonna be a pro skater, but um, I was never really good enough to even uh, to be considered sponsored ever. Really? I don't know. I saw you kill that hubba. <laughs> I was on uh, the skate the Dodge skate park team. Sick. For this guy Donnie Humes, and we could get discounts on boards through him. Damn. But uh, so that was kind of like a park team. But um, I yeah, never been that. I'm not very athletic. All right, here's the better question. So I would never be good enough to be. Here's the better question: If you could get sponsored by any team, who would it be? Dream team. Oh, who's that? Oh, right now? Right now or from back then? Right now. Now or then? Now. Oh, right now. Jeez. I mean, I have, like, the same shit that's always been my favorite. Like, um, like if I were to go buy a board, if I have to go buy a board right now, I'd probably buy, like, an anti-hero. It seems to be like the go-to board that my age go by. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I think if I went on a trip, though, if I was actually sponsored by Antihero, I would actually might actually be kind of miserable because I'm kind of a – I don't know. I'm kind of a wimp now. I like to like have it be quiet when I go to sleep. <laughs> so, um so yeah, I might get in the van and they'd make fun of me and I would have trouble fitting in. Yeah, they'd probably. I'd be like, "Oh, I'd skate for Anna Hero." Yeah, that's sick. Anna Hero's rad, but I def, I def, def, I just watched their um video. They had like a tour video, and those dudes were like shooting guns and like yeah, yeah, lighting fires and like pissing in bottles and. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not as cool. I'm not that cool anymore. It's weird. Are Are you in New York right now? No, I'm in Philadelphia. Oh, is that where you live? Mm-hmm. Sick. How's that? Are you in the city? Yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, not like right downtown or anything, but um, I'm in a, I guess, a, I guess I'm like, I think if I got on my bicycle, it would be like two miles from the middle of the city. So just the, it's not suburbs either. It's just a neighborhood north of the city a little bit. That's nice. It's nice to be that close to the city and not actually in the thick of it. I'm near where Rocky lived. When I watched Rocky, I could see that he lived near me. He wasn't real, Patrick. There's a statue for him here. He's. I mean, <laughs> you ever heard the Bill the Bill Burr bit where he's calling all the people in Philadelphia like dumb because they rooted for Rocky, and he's like, "He's not even real. You're all racist because you rooted, you just <laughs> rooted for him because he is a white guy." And they have the like the real champion from there, like <laughs> originally. Yeah, people like those kind of, like, great white hopes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it was funny because the statue used to be on the stairs where he goes up, but it was an art museum. And then I think the museum finally was like, why do we have a statue of, like, a prop from a movie in front of our, like, the real art museum? Yeah. <laughs> the statue, like, somewhere else for a while. But I might be back. I don't know where it is now, but 
I think enough people wanted to take a picture of it that I think. Yeah, it's, it's pretty classic. Um, okay. How how did you get into photography? Is that linked with skating? Yeah, I would say so. Um, I already had well, I had an interest in photography. Um, going back probably just as far, but um, eventually I think it was my scheme to get them to mix. Like, cause I don't, I'm not very good at skating. And, or, I mean, I'm good enough, but I'm not like, but I wanted to be involved in skate, skateboarding as a, um, as a culture or whatever. And I thought like, I already like doing photography. Maybe if I mixed the two, I could go on skate tours and stuff, which worked out. Yeah, yeah, it definitely did. I was looking at your website, um, yesterday and I was like looking at, you were like on America trips, you were on all types of trips. Thrasher, you, you thought, how, how long did you shoot for Thrasher for? Maybe um, maybe six years or something. Wow. Well, the first photos I ever got printed were in Thrasher, and they were like when I was in high school. But I didn't work. For, I was just kind of freelance. I would send them pictures. So there was an issue, I think, in 1995 um, where I have pictures in it. Um, so that's, I mean, I guess from that's like almost 10 years of working for them. But I didn't really work for him for a long time. I just would, like, send pictures in. Yeah. I, I had met Brace Knights, who's their photo editor, and I would uh, mail him pictures hoping something would get in. <laughs> and he would like, he found something. What was the first photo? Uh, Well, there was one that was a little tiny picture of these two girl skaters, and it was for a um, – it was some article, like, something lame, like chicks with sticks or something, <laughs> but it was really tiny. And then the next one, I think I could be wrong, but I think in the one where Mike Carroll has the skater of the year cover, I did an interview with this band called Guided by Voices, which is from Ohio. And they printed it like half page. Sick. We... And next, the next one after that was Scott Pizzell. What? I forgot about Scott. He wrote for Osiris, right? Yeah. And Maple. Yeah, that's right, Maple. Fuck it. And I didn't think they would actually print it, so I wrote uh, Chad Knight and them called him Shapoodle. I don't know why. So I wrote Scott Shapoodle on the slide yeah. because it was all hypothetical. Like I didn't think they would run it anyway, and so it ran in Thrasher as Scott Shapoodle. <laughs> I felt bad, but at the same time, I was like, I can't believe they ran this. Yeah, that's pretty pretty lucky that they they had to have known who he was. They were just like, that's a good last name. No, they didn't. This was before he was getting coverage and stuff. Oh, word. Sick. So that should have been his nickname, though, or that should be his nickname now. Yeah, I don't know. I felt, you know. Don't feel too bad, because, like, my first time ever getting Thrasher was because of you, man. Um, Tampa, right? Tampa Am. And then you shot a Smith grind in New Bedford at the courthouse that was raining Thrasher. Oh, yeah. That was such a big deal for me. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for shooting with me. <laughs> no worries, dude. Um, all right, I'm going to my list because I have things I want to cover. Oh, you shoot more than skateboarding too. You sh you shoot uh, models. Chloe, I saw. Is she the girl from uh, Kids? Yes. How do you know her? Just from New York? Mm-hmm. You just run into her somewhere and then just end up shooting with her? Yeah, I'm trying to think of how I met her, and I have, like, absolutely no recollection. Um, <laughs> it was probably a good time, then. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. 
Yeah. I must have just met her somewhere in New York and um like at Max Fish or something. And then um I remember we both liked Morrissey, so we drove to Boston to see Morrissey. Sick. Like me and her, because we were like, and a couple other people, but we were like, let's go to see Morrissey, and I think that's where. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I've known her for a long time. There's a cat on me. Yeah, know. what's the cat's name? Gizmo. I like the. What type of cat is that? I like the smush face. Persian. Oh, that's what it is. Sick. It's my wife's cat. He's getting pretty old, but he. Um, <laughs> well, she, he was my wife's mom's cat, but then she moved to New York and had a really small apartment, so we decided to take care of him. That cat is, like, right in your face. <laughs> yeah, I've been out of town for a month, so he's, like, really into it. Hold on, I got a screenshot this real quick, because that is genius. Hold that back up. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Oh, shit. He's like, over, and he knows you're trying to take a picture. And he's hey, like, hold still, smushy face. We're almost there. Hold on, I got it. Yes, perfect. Thank you. Oh, uh, speaking about Morsi, um, are you a vegan? Because isn't he big into veganism? Yeah, I'm. I'm sort of an aspiring vegan. Um, but um, I would say, strictly speaking, I'm vegetarian. And you no meat? No, I've never eaten meat since I've known you. Really? Mm -hmm. Wow, it's been a long time. <laughs> I haven't eaten meat. Well, intentionally. Uh, since, uh, I was 15 or 16. What's the reasoning? Well, a number of reasons, I would say. I would say there's probably a lot of reasons. You don't like the shape of hot dogs? Yeah, there's probably, uh, <laughs> there's probably like a hundred, there's probably, uh, a lot of reasons not to eat meat, but probably only one reason to eat meat, you know? yeah. That makes sense. There's global warming, there's health, there's uh it hurts animals so they suffer. Uh those are the three I can think of. Environment, suffering, health. Yeah, those are pretty gnarly. <laughs> I li I only ask cuz I listened to uh this other podcast Joe Rogan and uh yeah. He did an exper experiment where he's trying to just only eat meat that he's actually hunted. Like so he's he feels like he's not contributing to the problem because, you know, he has a close connection with the taking of the life and the life he does take, he uses. And he has, like, large freezers in his house and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool approach. Yeah, I mean. If you can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So will you ever eat meat or just completely never? I don't think so. I don't see why I would. Do you take, like, vitamins and stuff like that? Supplements? Yeah, I just bought some. I have trouble taking them, but I ran into uh, a friend of mine at the grocery store, and he was looking at vitamins, and I was like, I should try to get some of these. Yeah. So, because I was planning to, um, I was trying to get healthy because I was planning to skate a bunch of the summer, and because um, it's winter here, and I haven't been skating. Well, yeah, I don't know because you know it's cold out. I skated a little bit, but I was like, this summer I'm gonna really hit or wait when it gets warm. So I'm almost like, it's like spring training. Like I went on these hikes and I was like, going to take vitamins. Sick. And I was just worried I was going to like break something because I've broken both my arms before. Oh. And I was planning to go to Woodward, I think, uh, next week or the week after because they said I could come there. And um, I've been there a bunch of times and I was like, fuck, if I'm going to skate, I better get healthy. 
Yeah. Especially Woodward, because there's so many skate parks at Woodward, you're just going to have nothing to do but skate. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's tough, because in your brain, you think, like, I'm as good as I've ever been, or, like, I could do all this stuff, but you could get you can get ahead of yourself really quickly. Yeah. And get, like, broke off. Yeah, I know. Especially if you're skating, like, ramps and skate park, you know, you're like, oh, I can do... And I've been gaining a bunch of weight around the stomach region, and I'm just like, oh, all that weight is going to come down on my knee extra, you know? Yeah. Like, you know when you roll your ankle, but if you're not, if you're in shape, you can kind of, like, get out of it before it actually rolls? Yeah. Ankle and jump out of it? But when you're, like, a fat ass, <laughs> I am right now, you just, tw- you just twist it, you know? And so um, I was, like, going on a health regimen just to, like, get into, like, skate shape. That's awesome. You know what I you know what I do to like make sure I'm always in skate shape is I'll, I'll teach like private lessons. So that happens like you know, I don't know. Sometimes it's once a month, sometimes it's a couple times a month, but then I like teach like little kids how to skate and the whole time I'm just teaching them how to like find their center of balance and to turn on flat ground. So like I always feel good on my board cuz I'm like relearning it almost every time I'm out there. It's pretty rad cuz I think of that all the time. I'm like if I don't warm up or, like, remember the basics, like, I'm going to get broke because I'm good enough to just go into hard tricks. So it's like I probably should be careful, you know? Yeah. And it, it's annoying because it takes so it takes me so – like, warming up doesn't even take, like, uh, one session. It takes, like, multiple sessions <laughs> to really get, like, feeling like you could actually do some new trick, you know, something new. Especially after winter, like coming out of winter, we all thaw out and you start going out into the streets and you're just like, that first few sessions, you're like, this is not going to be good. (laughs) Yeah. All right, moving forward. How do you transition from photography to making epically later videos? Well, I was working at the Thrasher and then I quit Thrasher just because I wanted to get a real job, sort of, or get some experience. I don't know. I want to try something new. <laughs> I became the photo editor of Vice. Sick. Um, so I was working in the office. I felt like that would be a good experience for finding a career or whatever. I don't know, you know? Yeah. So I worked at Vice as the photo editor, but not even that long. And they started a channel, which at the time they called VBS. Now it's just called Vice, but... um. And they wanted a skate show, and they knew that my that because I worked at Thrasher, I had like skate connections. So I had, I mean, I had done a little bit of video, but I wasn't really doing much video. And um, but I was like, all right, I'll figure it out. So that's how it happened. I just was already in the building of Vice and um, started trying to film episodes. Were you writing interviews for Thrasher? Is that how you had like the experience to do that and through video? Yeah, well, with Thrasher, I always liked storytelling, you know, like, I didn't really care as much about the tricks. I always liked the um, stories, narrative, you know, like a tour article that was like beginning, middle, and end. And so, you know, and I was always interested in in, uh, knowing more about the skaters or whatever, so I I just tried to figure out how to, like, train apply that to video you know but at first the show was going to be more like skits i was in my head i was picturing like skate tv yeah like there'd be a beginning and then there'd be a skit and then there'd be like some skate company when we'd look at it and then there'd be like a interview with a pro like almost like a 
not skits, but like it'd be just like goofy stuff. Yeah, kind of like a Saturday morning cartoon show where it just jumps out like you see Bill Nye, and then it cuts around and all to the epic okay. shit. Yeah, that's exactly what I was picturing, and um, <laughs> and that's why the first episode is like Dustin Dolan shopping for pants or something. You know, it was just sort of like, oh, how about we film this? How about we film that? Like maybe we'll go, whatever. Just like skits or skits or uh, whatever. I don't know. And then it was a couple episodes in where I just kind of cut that stuff out and wanted to make it more like skate history based. Was there? What was the reasoning? Did you just I think when I figured out that I could use old footage, I think I made a Jason Dill episode that was just him walking around New York being cool. Yeah. And I found out that I was allowed to use footage from the 101 video. Sick. Like, I think somebody at Dwindle said it was okay. And I was like, really? I can show all these videos that, like, maybe people hadn't seen. Now everything's on YouTube, but at the time I was like, oh, but people haven't even seen this, some of this stuff. So it felt like I think that was the most, I think when I realized I could use clips from the one-on-one video, I was like, oh, I think I should have these old videos and have them talk about their parts. Yeah, which is way sick. The Epically Laters are fucking awesome because you do a great job of like, I know you said you're not comfortable with the interviews and stuff like that, but you do a great job of like filming it and getting the right questions and the setting and everything. Is it all, do you think of it that, like going into it, do you think about all that or do you, do you just go? Yeah. Um... I pretty much have like a formula or a checklist of what the kind of things I want to do before going into it usually. That's right. The newest one was Ali Bulala and it was like in my head I was like had it mapped out. I mean not entirely mapped out because you meet someone and then things can change. But I have an outline and now I have to know whether I can fulfill the outline before I even start. Like um like how do I explain it? Like I didn't like people have talked to me about doing episodes and in my head I have to make sure that um everything's gonna uh, like uh, what can I think of an example like somebody who I remember one guy hit me up about doing an episode and later he got really into drugs and some other bad stuff happened so I was like oh can you will you talk about that yeah he said no so in my head, I was like, well, there's a beginning and a middle, but what do I say when it, when, what's the end? Or like, what's, I remember thinking like, oh, I can't, and there's been times where people have like these weird zones they can't go. And so it hurts the checklist because I have to think about it as a, um, a storyline. That makes sense. There's got to be a beginning, a middle and end and end, and there's got to be like rises and falls. It can't just be a boring, flat story. Yeah. A lot of people try to do that. They're like, they tell their story and it's just like, doop. It's like that's not as good story. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't mind doing some shorter ones that were like a little more simple. Like go back and do like eight minute episodes on random new people. You know, like whoever. Yeah. But um, like for Allies, I had to make sure even before I flew there that we could fill in all the pieces. He was down though. I feel like he's a very open uh, person with everything. So. Right. So I'd be like. Yeah, that's important. It's funny. You got to have really open people that aren't afraid of like humility or anything like that. You know, that's a big one. Um, there's been a few people that I that you know sometimes get requested or or would think like, oh, that could be a good episode. And if they're, I don't know, like controlling of their image or self conscious or real like 
then I know ahead of time it's not going to work. Yeah, you're like, never mind, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> do you do you miss how often do you go to New York and do you miss it? Um. Yeah, I like Philly a little better for how uh, it's more affordable. Oh yeah. So you can have like a yard and like a bigger house for what would be a tiny apartment in New York. Yeah. Like we have a little yard for the dogs and um so I like Philadelphia. Sometimes when I hear people complain about how New York's changed, you know, it's like a common like, oh it's so different, everything's so expensive and this and that. I'm like, you can just come to Philly. It's it's, it's like eighties New York here. <laughs> Perfect. It's slummy. It's like there's there's a lot of property, so you could open a store or rent a studio space or something for really cheap. And um, so, yeah, I would say all the people that are mad about New York could just, just come visit. Yeah, there you go. I like I like where I'm at. I'm a, I'm like an hour from Boston. I'm about a half an hour from Providence, and then I'm four hours from New York. Like mm-hmm. some sometimes me and Westgate will just take a day trip to NYC. We'll wake up super early. Drive all the way there, meet up, skate all day, get home at like one in the morning. Yeah, sometimes I take the Amtrak, which is expensive, but um, I can I take the Amtrak into New York sometimes. See. Sometimes I drive, but then it's a hassle with the car. Yeah, the parking sucks, and I always end up getting a ticket, even if I think I parked in the right spot. Yeah. It's like sucks. I sometimes go on the weekend because I know of a parking spot where. It's it's open on the weekends, but it's commercial parking on the weekdays. The drive in, park, and leave it till Monday morning, and drive home. See. But uh, yeah, Amtrak is expensive. No problem. But there's other trains you can take, but they're kind of a hassle. Okay, I had two questions from what we were talking about before. If you're gonna do an eight minute episode, who would who would it be? Who would be your first one? Ooh. Or maybe a maybe a couple people. I don't know. I don't want to. You don't have to put it on spot. Well, some people have hit me up about doing episodes. Like Javante Turner wrote me. Sick. Uh, Ocean Howe. I used to live with him, and uh, I, he didn't hit me up, but I've hit him up. And I felt like those aren't like epic hour long stories, but they would be cool for like a story. Or some new people that don't have the, quite the history, like uh, Gilbert Crockett. Or uh, there's tons. Grant. Taylor, Grayson Fletcher, there's yeah. so many people. Yeah, those dudes shred, man. I mean, I feel like if right now we just started brainstorming, you could, you could make like a 50-person list of yeah. people to do them on, you know? Yeah, I just – I just my last podcast with was with Ryan Rays, and he was like a dude that I always liked his skating, but I didn't know much of his history. Yeah. And that was like one dude that I'd be hyped to see in like one of those videos. Mm-hmm. Just like someone that's an individual and kind of like open. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, Second, did you did you know Cardiel before filming with him? No. Wow. Wow. What was that like, dude? I just hit him up. I think I started to get some um, momentum going with some of the other episodes, and um, he, uh, I just emailed him. Would you want to do an episode? And uh, I almost wish I had worked a little harder on that one because I just sort of <laughs> fell into it, you know. And then filmed all the the whole inter, the whole episode was filmed within like a week span. Like I just filmed Cardiel one day, rode, drove around with him, filmed some stuff, and then all these other SF dudes the next day, like Julian and Jake Phelps, people. And then the thing was done. And I, I looking back, I was like, 
I don't know. You don't think things are going to be as big or as uh, memorable as they were. So yeah, part of me is like, oh, I wish I had got, done it with like good cameras and like. Like in hindsight, you're just like hindsight, like made it a little better. But I don't think people notice that kind of stuff. Like I think as the person making it, you're you're like, I can't watch old episodes because I see stuff that sucks about them, or or I guess things are just dated now. It's just like the cameras are nicer now, and the, the microphones are nicer now, so everything. So I look back and they look really dated to me, and like I see places that could have been done better. Yeah, but it, the cool thing about your show is it seems like it's very organic. Like, you just go into it and just kind of, like, it's never, they're not all the same, you know? So it's kind of its own thing, you know? Yeah. It'd be different if you had, like, a set, complete set formula, and then you're like, oh, I needed to get a better couch or something, you know what I mean? <laughs> I filmed Ali Bulala's. His favorite skater was Mike Carroll. Sick. So um, I told him, I was like, I did one of these on Mike Carroll. And so he pulled it up and put it on his flat screen, the Mike Carroll episode, and watched it while I was there. And I was getting so bummed. I was like, can we please not watch this? And it was filmed so bad. And some of it is just off, like, like I don't know. It's just not very good, I think. So I was kind of – maybe because it was on the flat screen too, and I think Vice had uploaded it pretty, like, low res. So it just looked like shit. Yeah. Of course, this is something I made, seven, I don't know, seven years ago, so what can you do? I'm the, Dude, I go back and listen to some of my beginning podcasts, and it's fucking embarrassing. Like, I wish they just didn't exist. <laughs> just because of me, not because of guests, just because I didn't know what to say. I was uncomfortable, like, nervous, too much. Um. So I don't rewatch them. I don't I, – I, yeah, I pretend they don't exist. I don't know. D- yeah, I wonder if you watched them, if it would help you, like – because sometimes, like, I'll go back and listen to my podcast, and even though I don't want to, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is going to suck. But usually I get into it, and then I start, like, getting into the guest again, and I forget, like, my voice. Yeah. And it kind of helps me, because I'm like, oh, okay, I'm not too bad, I guess. <laughs> Maybe if it, you did that with Epically Later, just watch them all and just... It might be good for my psyche sometimes, because I, uh, if I'm not doing anything, I start to think I'm, like, the biggest loser ever really quickly. I'm like... I'm lame. I um, I haven't done anything. So then sometimes it's nice to be like, oh yeah, I did a Mike Carroll episode. <laughs> you know, but I don't I don't really think about. I try not to think about. I don't know old work. I try to just like keep working on new stuff. Yeah, it's cool to it's cool to look back sometime and be like, wow, this is what we've achieved so far. And then you gets you excited to do more because you're like, wow, it's such a cool catalog and like especially your show. It's like such an epic list of dudes. It's like yeah do you do you have um do you have a set schedule or does vice like expect a certain amount or is it just free for all it's mm, it's kind of free for all um it's changed over time they used to expect them we used to do them all the time weekly yeah now vice isn't um like it's almost like they only let me do a couple a year, so now I put more pressure on making that one good rather than on a consistent basis. Yeah. That's so, kind of cool, though. So, like, the last ones were Ed Templeton and Chocolate and then Ali Bulala. There was Huffnagel and Raleigh in there, but... Damn. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. So there's nothing... There's no... Uh, 
they lump them into they were lumping them into like seasons, but I never thought of them that way. Yeah, each so, was like an individual work. It wasn't like a continued thing. Early on, it might have been a continuous thing, but uh, now they're just like each their own episode. I don't know. Do you, have you ever done like a update one? Like, would you go back and meet up with Cardiel now that we we're talking about how? I, yeah, there have been a few. I remember. Um, well, like Spanky, we did the new one on Spanky, and I had already done one on Spanky. Oh, okay. I, I actually watched the new one. In the time he had gotten kicked off Baker, and then I knew this was before he got back on, but I knew that he was like ripping again, like he had a. a a, uh, I don't know. He like changed his lifestyle up and was like giving it a second wind. And uh, Jerry actually texted me and he's like, "You should do one on Spanky." And I remember at the time, almost like I not had written him off, but I was thinking like, I don't know. But he's like, "No, dude." He's like ripping again. Sick. But I hit Spanky up and we filmed that over uh, maybe a year. Just hitting them up, just occasionally do an interview and then a follow-up interview and then another one to when I had talked to Andrew and they told me when they were going to give him his board back on Baker. Yeah. So I like filmed and then got that, like got like planned it around uh, when they were giving him his board. So at the end he could like surprise him. That's so sick. That's such a cool moment to capture and to like be able to share. It's fucking sick. Yeah, it was neat, too, because he's like, Andrew's like, well, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. Like, I don't want to give him, like, a party or something. But, because in his head, he's like, it's not, this isn't, um, I don't know. It's not, it's not like giving him, like, a 16-year-old his first pro board. Yeah. It's a little different and a little more uh, between them or something, so it was kind of special. Yeah, this one, uh, it seems like the second time he has to kind of like just, it's like a life hammer, not like a skate hammer. The first one's a skate hammer when you get your board. And Andrew's just like, I'm giving his board back because he's doing what he should have been doing the whole time. <laughs> so if anyway, it's like coming off probation. <laughs> like, so he didn't want to make it like a big party where people are pouring beer on his head, you know? He just wanted to be like, here's your board back, man. I like it. I like how it was done, and I like that you filmed it because it's just a cool narrative. Like you said, you like narratives. I love narratives, too. My favorite skaters have stories. Like, tricks are rad. Like, don't get me wrong. Tricks are cool. But, like, at some point, you're just, like, triple flipping. You know what I mean? Like, style is forged through your life and your emotions. Yeah, it's weird. Skateboarding is more like pro wrestling or comic books or something than it is a sport you know yeah yeah i like that (laughs) i like all that stuff i don't really watch wrestling but i like it (laughs) yeah not that it's not that it's rigged but it seems like you can win all the contests in the world but yeah i don't know that's maybe not what people are interested in yeah i mean yeah yeah i agree i think more people like that the art of skateboarding like the act of skateboarding like themselves you know so you know, you can be the best, but, like, how the fucking... No one can relate with being number one except for, like, you know, if you win number one, right? Yeah, I think I... I at the end of Ali Bulala's episode, he talks about that, and I, I... He put it really interesting. He was like... He's like, if you want it to be a sport, it's a sport. And if you want it to be an art form, it's an art form. Yeah. And if it's a hobby, it's a hobby. It just is just whatever... He's like, it's a toy, or it's a PlayStation, or it's an art. It's just kind of like open – it's really open to interpretation, you know? 
Yeah, I li- I like that because if it gets too rigid and too like squared and boxed in, like if people are dictating how skateboarding is or what's cool, then it's fucking ex- it doesn't include everybody. And like, who the fuck are you to not include someone into skating? Like, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Sorry, tangent. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I, I'm just super into, like, let every, I love when I see everyone skate, like, I don't know, when I was a young kid, I was, like, angry and, like, didn't fit in, and, like, the fact that, like, people were cool to me, and they skated, and they were from different backgrounds, it was fucking rad. Like, I felt like I was part of a crew, and I didn't have to fit in with them, and, like, it was just, like, everyone was hyped on skating, and we could all express ourselves in, in a different way, which is, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, that's a good said, you were talking about comic books. Um, you know John John Hoisington Dingo has a podcast. Oh, he does. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Sean John Experience podcast, and it's with his buddy, and all they talk about is heavy metal and comic books. It's fucking sick. That's cool. Yeah, it's free too on iTunes. So if you're ever bored and you want to hear John talk some shit while he's drinking some beers with the buds, it's fucking hilarious. I was texting him about the Guns N' Roses reunion. Oh, we talked about that, or they talked about it on their show. I felt like I was in the conversation because I was listening, but on their podcast, they talked all about it. (laughs) Yeah, it's one of those things that's going to be bad, but I'm, like, tempted to get in on it. Like, if they played at Fenway Park, I will be up there. You dust your shirt off and just be ready? Just be ready. But I feel like even if Axel kind of sucks, I can um, uh, look at Slash and maybe it'll be fun. Yeah, it will be for I'm sure. sure it's bad. I'm sure it'll be bad, but if you go in with low expectations, it might be awesome. <laughs> Perfect approach. Cool, man. Well, I don't know. The only other thing is I wanted to I wanted to ask you about um meeting Steve Rodriguez. That was the one thing I wanted to cover. I don't even know Adam. Man, I had all these things I thought you were gonna ask me in my head. <laughs> It's not like an interview. I just like conversation, really. I just like say questions in the beginning just so you're, you guys are comfortable. But I just want to talk about your cat, really. I didn't listen. I, di- I didn't listen to Minute's. Did Minute tell you that I told him to give up photography? Oh no, but I don't think he did. <laughs> it's not true. Because <laughs> one time he was trying to figure out his like skate photography camera. Like, all this stuff, like, how to figure out, and I was like, dude, just give up. <laughs> I met, I, and he always brings it up, like, you told me to give up. I, really, I was telling him that he needed, he should just focus on, like, um, that shooting skate photos could be kind of, I don't know, at the time, it was so expensive, and he, and I just meant he should focus on, like, his, like, fashion photography and all the stuff he does. And like music, which is what he does. Yeah. But he's always, and I think I was like hungover or something, but I was like, just give up. <laughs> because at the time I hated shooting skate photos. So I was like, you you should just stick with like models and stuff like you're doing. Yeah, crush it. <laughs> so in my head, I was like, oh, dude, he called me out on that. The other thing I thought you were going to mention, do you remember when I stayed at your house and got a night terror? Oh, yeah, dude. I've I've talked about that on the podcast for sure in the past. The night terror? Yeah, absolutely. You were at my house. Like, first of all, I was in, I, I don't know how I was intimidated by you, but I was, because, like, I don't, I don't know. We've known each other forever, but um, but you were on my sister's couch, and you just had a crazy night terror, and you woke up screaming because you thought my sister looked like the Blair Witch. <laughs> so, to this day, I have, like, periodic night terrors. It doesn't happen very often, but it happens, like... I think actually when I was in L.A., I was staying at this uh, Airbnb for the, the job I was doing, and uh, 
I can't remember because you you can't tell, but I think I woke up screaming there. I just have some uh, deep psychological issues or something, and I have a night terror maybe once every couple months. I'll wake up and start yelling. Do they tell you, like, why that is? Like, is there any cure? I don't know. I noticed it. It happens sometimes when I'm on trips. Like, when I'm at home, I don't really do it. Weird. I don't know. I've looked into it because a couple of times I've seen, uh, like, animals, like snakes and stuff. Like in, your, in the night terror? Yeah. Like, I wake up and I see snakes in the room. And uh, I looked it up and it said that that was a common I think it's just anxiety or – I don't know. Everyone's got demons, and I think mine come out at 3 in the morning. <laughs> Have you ever done psychedelic drugs? Yeah. Maybe it's like residue from doing that. I've never done them. I would. I, I just never have been in the opportunity. Yeah, I wouldn't work. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't do them if you haven't. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for the. It's been a really long time since I've ever since I've done any psychedelic drugs. I don't know. I think I just have like uh, either anxiety or. Something anxiety, like, do you feel like, um, like throughout the day, you're just like they they say. I heard on a podcast they were talking about people that have anxiety and worry. It's because they're like intelligent and they the if you think about things and what could happen at all times, it could freak you out. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's intelligence, but I definitely have. Um, like I watched a kind of a horror movie the other day, and it like made me feel like I don't like them. It made me feel shittier than I think other people. Yeah. Like when I eat, like I accidentally ate meat recently by accident, and I couldn't not think about the animal that got hurt to eat it, and so it made me feel really bad. Yeah. And I grind my teeth at night too, so I don't know. I think I just have to like, yeah, maybe I don't. I don't want to say it's intelligence because I don't know if I have that, but yeah, it's definitely like I can't. I have to, I end up like overthinking things. All right, well, I got a question then. Um when well, because when I was young, like I lost my father at 13 and that like shocked me. Like it gave me the frailty of time and life. Did something ever like that happen? I'm not sure. I'm not sure, but um yeah, you can have post traumatic stress. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it for me, I have the similar things you're saying. Like I used to have a lot of anxiety and stress. And I just I just realized like life was fragile because when you lose someone at a young age, it just yeah. like scares you, you know. But sometimes like traumatic things happen and it imprints on us. So I wonder if something if that night terrors is some some shit. <laughs> I wonder. I don't. I can't think of anything specifically, but um, I've definitely gotten post traumatic stress a couple times. Like I got in like a motorcycle crash one time, and I was just like thinking about it over and over. I remember after September. 11th, 11th outside my window in New, lived in New York. Peaks had like, I mean, kind of post-traumatic stress. You know, where you wake up and you're like, ah, oh. yeah, so, uh, things like that. Yeah. Maybe you're just super empathetic. Like, but, if you, do you do you like if someone's in a bad mood around you and like I'm like that. Like my girl will come in and she'll be crabby and I'm like super empathetic and then I'm like, fuck. This is like, are you like that? When do you vibe when people walk so, in? Maybe. No, I don't know. I mean, I guess so, yeah, because my whole show is based on uh, figuring other people out. Makes sense. You know, I don't know if it's empathetic, but it's like, it's like uh, there's a part of me that is just trying to figure out what makes someone else tick, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I have a similar, similar curiosity then. <laughs> 
Well, Patrick, thank you. I listened to the Chad Eight podcast. Oh, you did? And I saw him the other day at Vans because he works at Vans. 3D model. Yeah, so I, uh, I, um, I saw him the other day. That's cool, man. That's you went into Vans. Yeah, I work for them. Oh, you do? What are you doing? Well, last year I was doing Vans Syndicate, which is a shoe brand that they do a category where they um, do like artist collabs. I was kind of helping them out with that. Like, like as freelance, I don't go in much. But they got rid of Vans Syndicate, or they didn't get rid of Vans Syndicate, but they changed the uh, model of how it's going to work. They're going to do less of them and um, more. Um, more like a special project. So anyway, I stopped working for them, but now I'm going to do their Vans contest series. So they're doing a new contest called Vans Park Series. Sick. And I do some sort of uh, some, um, I don't know, uh, menial stuff. Like I do their uh, Instagram and, and stuff. So I'm posting uh, what riders they're announcing on the Instagram. Right. That's but, um, but then I'm going to go to the contest and do, like, photography and video and things at the contest. Rad. Um, then I'm going to see you because they just opened up the skate park in Boston. Like, Vans contributed a bunch of money, and I think they're guaranteed to have one event there a year. Yeah, it's not going to be part of this series, but uh, maybe the next year, next year's or something. But those, the contests are Melbourne, uh, Melbourne, Brazil, Huntington Beach, Vancouver and then Malmo. Wow. And I think the um the uh the idea is that um you know there's a lot of skaters that like uh Kern Caples or Grayson Fletcher or whatever who are really good at a uh, street I mean they're they're they can't really win street contests and they don't really win like vert bowl contests. Yeah. But more like park. Like like remember the Marseille contest back in the day or like uh so they're trying to get the guys that are good at those, like, six- to eight-foot bowl kind of skating, like park skating. That's sick. That's so it's, it's in between street and, and vert bowl. It's, like, that, like, middle ground. Like a hybrid of it, kind of. Yeah, so it's, it's like, it's called park, which I like because um, back in the day, remember, like, a street contest? Like, someone could do, like, vert, a mick twist on the vert wall and then win the street contest? Yes, yes. It's kind of like that, like... Um, it's kind of like uh, instead of calling it street, it's called park. Yeah, that's awesome. We we actually do a contest here. It's an annual contest. We we're on our third year. Um, it's called the New England Am, and we do it at the Edge Indoor Skate Park, which is like ten minutes from here. And it's got street stuff, and it's got big tranny, and then like all these shops come. We've had each year we had twenty five shops. Uh, well, 25 the first year, and then I think it was more the second, 26, 27, and people came from Florida, California, but, like, it was so sick because, like, the team that won the first year, all they did was basically, like, skate a box on flat ground, but they just killed it, and then the next year, it was, like, these dudes doing gnarly airs and 540s, and, like, yeah, it, it's, like, I like them, there's a good mix of everything, it's fucking sick. I'm planning to do a trip to Woodward. Uh, I was going to tell Hoisington if you want to go, but I was going to do it before the kids get there and go camping. Oh, that's sick. That's there's, camp, there's like campgrounds and lakes near there, so I was going to go camp at like a lake, like get some bros and just camp at the lake. That's and then yeah, I think it's like a half hour from Woodward or something, and then go, and there's no kids, so we they said we could just come and skate. 
Dude, keep me in the loop. I bet John would be down too, for sure. Maybe Minute, dude. Get drag I, talked, I told Minute. I always tell people, but I feel like people get busy, you know. Yeah. But maybe, maybe once the weather gets good, camping, like two nights or something at, at some campsite. That's perfect. And then, uh, and then that way you can like party a little bit or like cook out. You know what we did? Um, we've done the last few years too. We did a camping trip to Martha's Vineyard, which is pretty rad. We take the ferry out and camp out there and skate their concrete park. Wow. Yeah, it's fun. Our buddy has a ramp out there too. It's on his private property. You have to drive like a mile down his driveway, and then he's got this little oasis with a sick mini ramp and a beautiful house, and it's fucking awesome. I'd like to go there. That sounds like I've never been to Martha's Vineyard. Well, dude, I'll keep you in the loop too, because we do it every year, and it's it's rad. And we just skate around, and we go be part of like the little island vibe that they have. It's uh, yeah, I'll go. <laughs> Sick. Um. Oh, one last thing before I go. Um. Type in Corey Goonan. He he's this dude that rides for my skateboard brand. All I need, and uh, we took him skydiving. But he, <laughs> yeah, we took him skydiving for his first time, and we gave him his pro board like when he landed. Like we made it. Epic, you know what I mean? So if you type in, um, I think it's AIN Life, Corey Goonan. But he gets flow from Vans. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, which is cool. And I think you'll like his skating because he's kind of, like, lanky and has a lot of pop. His, our thing that we say is, like, he has a lot of pop because his belly button's super high. So he has, like, long legs, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you'd like his style. Check him out. I will. I will. I think I saw it on your Instagram. Oh, sick. Cool, man. Well, I'm going to go shred the park, and I know you're going to have your date, dude, and thanks for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. To all my people, where you at? Put your fist up. We gon' twist up. Say, come on, come on. Experience the train. Hop the board. Come on. Experience rocking with the reflection.